What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the planet today. Today is Monday, March 28th, 2022. I am your host, Matt Norton, here with our co-host, Giselle Herrera. Giselle, what's up? Hey, Matt. You know, doing well over here, just enjoying the spring weather, you know, noticing all the flowers popping up, some of the frogs are calling, the birds are chirping. It's very, uh, it's nice it's to be, yeah, it's nice to be here in spring, you know, spring can't complain. Spring has sprung. It's not dark at 3 p.m. Oh my God, anymore. truly. That in and of itself is like, yes, I lose an hour of sleep, but the sun is out and i'm and very you happy you can do stuff after work it's, it's yeah it's not a lot less a sad dark walk to the train it's it's a happy walk to the train yeah um tomorrow is both my mom and my brother's birthdays so oh, happy nice. birthday mom happy birthday greg if you're listening if you're not i revoke that <laughs> I don't want you i want you to have a decent birthday at best <laughs> no i'm kidding happy birthday guys all right let's get into the show Today, here on TPT, we cover the latest in climate change, wildlife conservation, renewable energy, and environmental policy with two episodes every week coming your way Monday and Friday. This show is your one-stop shop for all things environmental, whether you're just diving into a green lifestyle or you're ready for some more involved conversations about what can be some complex topics. TPT has a little bit for everyone. So we're happy to have you here as a listener. Yes. And you know what, listeners, you should definitely go on Apple and Spotify, click on the Planet Today podcast and review it because you're listening. You're already there. You know, just go on and review it. We said two weeks ago when Giselle was on, it would make our entire year if people went and gave us some ratings. And we got a couple more since then. But I don't think my year is made yet. Giselle, is your year made yet? No, not yet. Make our years, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into today's show. Got some Supreme Court talk today. And before we get into the latest developments, let's give some background. So in 2015, the EPA finalized a climate rule called the Clean Power Plan under then-President Obama. Its goal was to reduce emissions from the electricity sector, to at least 30% below 2005 levels by 2030. The plan was to set reductions targets for states in the U.S., upgrade technology to boost efficiency, and decrease emissions in coal and gas-burning power plants, and mainly for utilities to start their shift to renewables. The EPA at the time said it was consistent with the Clean Air Act, which requires the EPA to consider the best available technology to lower air pollution. But remember, greenhouse gas emissions are air pollution. Yeah, it's something that we don't often talk about, right? Because when we think of of air pollution, we think of the things we could see, right? We think of smog. We think of smoke from forest fires. We think of ash from those forest fires. 
we don't always think of those gases you can't see. So your carbon dioxide, your methane, your nitrous oxide, but those are a form of air pollution that are having a huge impact on our environment, on our people, and on our clean air. So you're right. <laughs> Greenhouse gas emissions are air pollution. So the EPA under then President Trump repealed the Clean Power Plan in 2018 and replaced it with the Affordable Clean Energy Plan, which was much more industry friendly. And frankly, it was it was criticized for not really doing anything to shift towards clean energy. On Trump's last day in office, a federal appeals court in D.C. rejected its repeal of the Clean Power Plan. This new case that the Supreme Court is hearing now stems from the rejected repeal. So the new case is West Virginia versus Environmental Protection Agency. And it's basically over whether or not the Clean Air Act authorizes the EPA to require generation shifting to renewables across the electricity industry. And it's kind of an interesting topic, right? Because what they're saying essentially is under the Clean Air Act, we have to make sure that our air is clean. And like Giselle had mentioned earlier, greenhouse gas emissions are a form of air pollution. So the leap they're taking is that since renewable energy does not produce carbon emissions, methane, nitrous oxides, it's not going to produce air pollution. So renewable energy is a requirement under the Clean Air Act. The Clean Air Act doesn't explicitly say that. So that's where West Virginia is coming in and saying, hold on, we're not so sure about Mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. And what's unique here is that normally the Supreme Court would not agree to hear a case like this one since there's no actual regulation to debate. The case is over future regulations that would impact the United States electricity industry. West Virginia's Attorney General Patrick Morrissey says this isn't about stopping climate change efforts, but it's about who decides the major issues of today. Conveniently, he left out the part about how this will also stop climate change efforts. So you tell me. (laughs) A quote from him is, this is really a fundamental question of who decides the major issues of the day. Should it be the unelected bureaucrats or should it be the people's representatives in Congress? When you hear that quote at face value, it sounds smart. Right. Like who should be deciding it, the people who are elected to decide things or people who just get appointed to their positions. But I think this is a bit of a lazy argument that doesn't really hold any weight here because, sure, the head of the EPA is not elected directly by the American people. But the person who appoints the head of the EPA is it's not like they just randomly got appointed to the job like they are chosen by the president. And the president is elected by the American people to make decisions like these. So I get his point about the head of the EPA being an unelected bureaucrat, but that's why I don't really think this argument makes sense. And I think it's more of a, it sounds smart until you think about it and you're like, nope, those are just fancy words you're throwing out there. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit of magic, a little sleight of hand trying to like change the the narrative, right? So the fact that the head of the EPA is selected by the president of the United States, and when we are selecting that president, we have to think about what are they running for? What do they believe in? What are their priorities? So this is a perfect reminder that you should always, always, always vote 
in local, state, and of course, national elections. And another reminder that those in office can have a big impact on climate change efforts, whether that means going forward, which we want to improve, uh, or staying where we're at and having the status quo. Mm -hmm. The Biden EPA, environmentalists, and public health advocates see this whole case as an attempt to restrict the federal government's ability to limit pollution through industry. Many utility companies have actually sided with the EPA so far because when people or groups try to sue utilities for damages from climate change, the companies have been able to defend themselves by saying, it's not us, it's the EPA that's regulating the greenhouse gases. If the EPA loses this ability to dictate how much greenhouse gas can be emitted under the Clean Air Act, then utilities could see more and more lawsuits coming their way. Yeah, which is not the most environmentally friendly reasoning to back the EPA, but hey, we'll take it. Greg Store and Jennifer A. Deloey of Bloomberg Green say the result could be weakened environmental regulations, reduced consumer safety and anti-fraud protections, and less flexibility for presidents to address future pandemics and other crises. With Congress all but paralyzed amid partisan discord, supporters of administrative agencies say they are the government's only tool for addressing the nation's biggest problems. So basically what this comes down to is the case is about the environment right now, but it has huge implications on other agencies too. If the EPA can't do something because of this reasoning, then the Food and Drug Administration, for example, might be next to have something restricted because they have unelected bureaucrats leading the FDA. And that's why James W. Coleman, a law professor from Southern Methodist University, says, quote, people who aren't all that interested in environmental issues, people who are concerned about vaccine mandates or other issues of the administrative state are laser focused on this case. He added, quote, these are huge questions for the entire administrative state, not just for environmental law, even though the climate questions themselves are big blockbuster ones. Yeah, it's a really interesting dilemma. And obviously, I'm rooting for the Environmental Protection Agency to be allowed to protect the environment here. But we will see what happens. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about what the projections are actually looking like for this case. Planet Today is brought to you by Vala Alta. Vala Alta's Everyday Handkerchief is a high-performance daily-use handkerchief designed to help minimize your impact. Made in the United States from sustainably sourced Irish linen, capturing the material's historic craftsmanship and natural antimicrobial properties, handkerchiefs perfectly balance softness with durability and absorbency with rapid drying. Ideal for functional use in all settings, from the outdoors to routine encounters, their small and lightweight design makes one a must-carry for wherever life takes you. Build your own bundles from limited edition colors at valaalta.co and save 15% with code TPT at checkout. That's V-A-L-A-A-L-T-A dot co and code TPT. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the planet today, folks. Before the break, Giselle and I got into the history and what's going on with West Virginia versus Environmental Protection Agency. Now they're back. Let's talk about what this case actually looks like as it moves in front of the Supreme Court. The Biden administration says the case should be dismissed because there's no federal regulation of power plants on the books right now, which is why Giselle mentioned earlier, this case is unprecedented. New York University law professor and environmental law expert Ricky Revez says, whatever this court does will involve speculation and courts don't normally give advisory opinions. That's not what courts do. So this is a really interesting case, as we've mentioned, because just for people who aren't as aware of the Supreme Court process, it's usually a law or a bill or something is signed and put into place. That is then brought to court because someone will say, I don't think that law is constitutional. So it'll go to the local circuit courts. The local circuit courts make a decision and that will get appealed and go to a higher district court and that'll get appealed and go to a state Supreme Court and that'll get appealed until finally it works its way up the chain and is sitting in front of the nine U.S. Supreme Court justices. Normally, like we said, that happens for something that was signed into law. This right here involves, well, I don't know if the EPA should have the power to do that. So we're going to take them to court. And, and that's the difference. That's the nuance here. So hopefully that explanation kind of drove things home. But if not, check your show notes and read about people smarter than me breaking it down. <laughs> it's also worth adding that the Supreme Court found the EPA does have the authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions in two separate rulings. And one of them was unanimous. You can check them out by searching for Massachusetts versus EPA and the American Electric Power Company versus Connecticut. Giselle and I are not lawyers. No. We are not legal experts no. by any means. <laughs> but Giselle, let's have some fun with this one. What are your thoughts on this and which way do you see it going? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think it goes down to who's making up the Supreme Court at the time. You know, it's very much can change depending on who you have on that court. Trump appointed three justices during his time, which has made the court go more conservative. Mm -hmm. And even though Biden nominated Ketanji Brown Jackson to become a justice, that won't be enough to make the court lean in the other direction. Yeah, you're right. It's, you know, even if she's confirmed, we're looking at a 6-3 conservative majority. And for the latter part of his career, uh, John Roberts seems to be making some decent choices. So even if he goes with the environmentalists on this one, we're still looking at a 5-4 majority. That makes me a little worried. And the Supreme Court isn't supposed to rule from the bench. They're not supposed to create law. Right. So what I'm hoping is that since there is precedent, like you mentioned, how, you know, twice they ruled that the EPA does have the authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. I'm hoping that that precedent is enough to basically keep this as law because that's what the Supreme Court usually goes off. It's it's mm -hmm. the precedence. Mm -hmm. To me, I feel like it really could go in favor of the EPA just from a common sense standpoint. Like it makes sense to me that following the clean air act means lowering emissions. There's been so many studies that show P 
people who live closer to highways or people that live closer to fossil fuel burning plants have higher rates of respiratory issues, including both childhood and adult asthma. So lowering emissions, which are just another form of air pollution, like we said earlier on, should fall under the Clean Air Act umbrella. But then again, I am not a legal expert. And, you know, like you said, the majority is kind of industry favoring. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I think there's also a lot of nuance to these cases because depending on what's focused on each case could alter the rulings. It's it's kind of like cherry picking, I think, when it comes, unfortunately, to some of these cases where, um, like, what's the focal point? What do people decide to, to you know, focus on when, when making these rulings? And I think that adds to just how tough it is to call at this point. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting to see and hear about. Yeah, and if it's tough to call and tough to predict, and if you know, you're listening to this at home right now and you're thinking, gosh, I have no idea which way that this is going to go. And, you know, hearing my two favorite legal experts, Matt Norton and Giselle Herrera, <laughs> break it down isn't helping at Esquire. all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there's an article from nature.com that we're going to link in the show notes as well. And it says that no one really knows which way this case is going to go. And a decision is actually expected as early as June. In 2007, the Supreme Court ruled five to four that the EPA does have the authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions from vehicles and other sources. But like Giselle said, the Supreme Court has become more conservative over the last few years. So really, it can go either way. Kara Horowitz is the co-executive director of the Emmett Institute on Climate Change and the Environment at the University of California, Los Angeles, and she thinks it's unlikely that the case will be thrown out. She expects the court to say the EPA has no authority to regulate power plant emissions or to sharply limit the agency's ability to do so. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I hope she's wrong about that one. I'm I'm a little nervous because, you know, director of the Emmett Institute on Climate Change and the Environment yeah, seems like, statement she, there. Yeah, like she probably knows what she's talking about there. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, I think because of that legal precedent that we've seen in other cases, there's a chance. And I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. Hopefully, like Matt, you were saying earlier, we'll be hearing about a ruling on this as early as June. So stay tuned in a couple months. And hopefully it goes in favor of the environment. Mm-hmm. That's definitely. All right. That'll do it for today's episode of TPT. Nick and I will be back on Friday for some more quick hits. Make sure to follow along on our socials at Planet Today Pod for clips from the show and an exclusive quick hit Matt is doing every week. So a week from today, next Monday, will be our first Monday episode of April, which means we're going to do another documentary review. Giselle and I are recording this a little early, so I don't know what we're going to do yet. So you, dear listener, are going to have to check us out on social media, and we'll post it on Twitter, we'll post it on Instagram, watch whatever documentary we recommend, because we are going to have some fun next Monday talking about it. Maybe even, you know, recommend some yourself that you thought were, you know, particularly interesting to watch. Um, always love to add to the queue. We will add anything to the list. Yes, that will maybe make it, maybe not, you know, add to the queue that gets neglected after a while. But, you know, it's <laughs> fine. That's it's the circle of life, you know, <laughs> the, the circle of movie, the circle of Netflix life. Yeah.
Uh, but for The Planet Today, I'm Giselle Herrera. I'm Matt Norton. See you on Friday. See you, everyone. Bye.